Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. First up, from the farm in the Midwest where she lives with her husband Dan, better known as Larry the Cable Guy, and their children, Carol Whitney discusses how she has seen God work in her own life and in the lives of others who have trusted in Him. Then, to coincide with Stroke Awareness Month, which is observed in May each year, Lori Bober joined me on the Meeting House to discuss her own experience with stroke and how she depended on God in the recovery process. Her comments are ahead. And on this edition of The Intersection, from the Christian Post, Hadia Miramati provides some insight into what the Walt Disney Company has embraced concerning the advance of the LGBTQ agenda and relates personal experience surrounding a family member's gender issues. Finally, Jay Payleitner has devoted himself to strengthening family relationships and recognizes that conflict can damage any sort of relationship. He does admit it can be used positively to expose areas of concern and to be a catalyst for healing. His comments are coming up. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. Carol Whitney has been part of the teaching team at Back to the Bible, which now has a podcast featuring her husband, Dan, better known as Larry the Cable Guy. Dan and Kara and their kids live on a farm in the Midwest, and she has derived quite a bit of spiritual insight from life there. She has written a new book featuring not only some of her own experiences, but the stories of others. It's entitled Country Soul, Inspiring Stories of Heartache Turned into Hope. She and I talked about the concept of and material from it. Here now is Carol Whitney. It's based on Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. I read that. I read the the message uh, version of it. And, you know, at the end of the day, we are running this race. It's an individual race. You know, speaking of identity, we each have our own race to run. Uh, but I think we can glean nuggets by watching other believers and how they're handling their race. We certainly watched how Jesus ran his. Uh, he's, of course, the perfecter of all of it. And at the end, he sits on the throne. And so we're running towards that finish line. We don't, you know, people think, oh, my testimony is I'm going to accept Christ. And then, you know, there's my testimony. Great. I hope you share that with people because we each have our own individual story and no one can dispute it. This is your life, right? No one can say that's not true. But we can uh, continue to have testimonies for Christ all the way until we get to that finish line. I also like to say that I accepted Christ and that's when I started my eternal life. Mm -hmm. I don't accept Christ past go to heaven and then start. I started the minute I accepted Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That's when I started eternal life. And so, man, what an adventure we're on. And so by helping each other and encouraging each other through the things that we're going into, that we're in or coming out of, it's a good reminder that, look, we our hope isn't here. Our hope is for what's up to come, and uh, that's exciting, right? It only gets better from here, right? And, you know, my friend's father passed away this year, and I thought, this is very sad, but how exciting for him because the best mm. is yet to come. 
right? So this is for non-believers. This is as good as it gets, you know, to try to navigate things and keep yourself alive the longest. For believers, this is as bad as it gets. We get these little glimpses of heaven, and we get them all the way to the finish line where things really get great. <laughs> so how did you collect the stories that you include in this book? Uh, well, I tried to—first of all, there's a lot of people who are just friends of mine um, who are going through something, and I'm like, would you write down— uh, how you're feeling about these things and what you learn through it. Uh, some of them are people I had not met, but they were friends with someone who helps me put my, put my thoughts together, which is a man named Mike Ross, Michael Ross. And some got booted out, uh, which, you know, I was kind of disappointed for them because it's their testimony, mm-hmm. their story. And uh, it's still important, but because of time, uh, you know, the book can get so long or because uh, the publisher was like this, you know, we keep this flowing or whatever. Um, so I just, you know, I have it's just this writing thing has been just such a journey for me because I never sought anything out. It just it fell in my lap because I was witnessing um, for Christ on Facebook and I was correlating these farm stories, and then someone reached out and said, can I send these to my book agent? And it just turned into this whole thing. And so I was so insecure writing the second book, and I just thought, no one's going to like it. Like, uh, I'm, you know, and then you just feel inadequate as a believer because you're like, I don't measure up because you know that you're uh, really, I, I know I'm a sinner. Like, I know I'm garbage and so it's like you just feel like such a hypocrite but I pushed through it because I talked to um, my pastor Brian Clark about if you are depending on God for this then you're in the right place just keep going and he says if you think you're doing this on your own well then it's a problem so I kept going I guess Country Soul was the first book where I just trusted God entirely through the process. Um, I didn't have that sort of inner struggle with it. And so I just let God put it together. And where things were going to fall, they were going to fall. And I'm like, I'm going to check off on this and do that. Kara Whitney here on The Intersection. As I mentioned, she has been a Bible teacher for Back to the Bible. And her husband, Dan, also known as Larry the Cable Guy, co-hosts a podcast on the ministry's website and app called Talk in Truth, in which she has participated. The Back to the Bible website is backtothebible.org. Well, next up, in an interview aired on the Meeting House on Faith Radio during May, which is National Stroke Awareness Month, Lori Vober, who has experienced a stroke, described what she went through and the impact of her Christian faith on her recovery. She has written the book entitled Choices. When you are faced with a challenge, what choice will you make? Here now from that conversation is Lori Bober. One minute I was uh, a very healthy 29-year-old, and the next minute uh, uh, I was starting all over again. And uh, while I was in the hospital, uh, we did go through a second brain surgery that was a 10-hour brain surgery to remove the malformation so that uh, another stroke wouldn't happen. And then I went home two months later in a wheelchair, 
I never went back to our original house that my husband and I built together. Uh, we went home to uh, my parents' house because our house had stairs, and they became my main caregiver to me uh, while my husband went to work every day. During Stroke Awareness Month, this gives a very timely opportunity for you to share your story and especially what God has done in your life. And as I understand it, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as some of the, the, the cognitive areas of your life, things were, were good from that standpoint, but you had to basically learn how to do some of these simple things. You had to learn to talk, talk again, stand, walk, and, and do all of these, these things that sometimes we take for granted. What was it like to be totally conscious, yet your, your body couldn't do the things that you were, well, in a sense, telling it to do? Is that, a, is that an accurate, semi-accurate description? That's a very accurate description, and it was very difficult. However, um, God had blessed me um, back when I was a senior in high school with a faith. Um, I became a Christian uh, and accepted God as uh, my personal Savior um, back as a senior in high school. And so I already had a faith, and that was uh, it was huge. Um, he also I had already uh, granted me with uh, a glass is half full, uh, not half empty um, personality uh, and ability to persevere um, strongly through challenges. And I also um, I had the ability to persevere through my challenges um, uh, and, and like exercise a lot um, prior to this. So I was able to take this as a um, physical challenge, um, luckily. And so because I had my cognitive ability I really looked at this as, um, okay, if all I have to do is exercise a lot to get better, I know how to do that. And I think God um, blessed me with that immensely um, and, and really protected me emotionally um, uh, from, the, uh, from the stroke um, and helped me get through uh, the stroke emotionally um, with that uh, a physical aspect. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that and very grateful for um, the attitude he was able to uh, uh, to bestow upon me um, in order to get through um, a lot of hard times mm. that, that could have bestowed upon me. Um, and so I really looked at things from a physical aspect and just kept plugging along day after day after day in physical therapy um, from a physical aspect and just kept working at it. And, uh, and uh, I just took things one step at a time um, from a physical aspect. And uh, uh, a lot of times, and even in Minnesota, um, they say, if you do not recover in six months, um, go home and be happy. And that's really what they said is go mm. home and be happy in your wheelchair uh, because if you don't recover in six months that's where you're going to be and uh, unfortunately two months after my discharge my husband lost his job who was also in the airline industry because of September 11th but God has a plan for everything and he found a new job in Arizona and uh, when we transitioned to Arizona and found a fabulous uh, new uh, neuro rehab facility I was one of their very first patients and my recovery just took off from there uh, when we when we moved to Arizona. And I am so thankful for this move uh, because I would never be where I am today in my recovery had we not moved here. Uh, but uh, that was just uh, a huge key uh, for me. And uh, so I 
am definitely where I am today in my independence. And uh, I'm very passionate about stroke awareness uh, because uh, stroke is, uh, as I am a walking uh, miracle and proof that uh, stroke has no age limits. And, uh, you know, it's so important for people to understand um, uh, the signs of a stroke uh, because uh, it, it doesn't really matter. And a lot of times people think uh, a stroke is uh, something that would only hit someone of an older age and that I, I, I'm walking proof that that, hmm. that is not correct. Lori Vober here on The Intersection. You can find her online at Lori, L-O-R-I, Vober, V-O-B-E-R, dot com. This is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the Intersection Podcast. And there are links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple Podcast feed. There are also links to video content, including to the Faith Radio YouTube channel, where you can find content from the National Religious Broadcasters Convention 2022 in Nashville and other video content. You can also find two blogs. One is The Three, with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room, with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. The website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversation material from the Meeting House can also be found through the Faith Radio app at a variety of podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Moving on now, this is the Intersection Podcast with exclusive columnist for the Christian Post, Hadia Miramati. In our recent conversation, she offered a response to the Walt Disney Company's opposition to a Florida law protecting parental rights in children and provided her personal perspective on gender issues. Here now is Hadia Miramati. It was everything from their executive producer to um, the director of programming and even their CEO vowed to increase funding for LGBT advocacy. And so it was clear and it, it struck me because as I'm sure we're going to discuss my own personal experience that what parents do in order to justify the choices they make in their own families is what these people chose to do was let me push this on the rest of society because my child seems to be struggling with it. So let me mainstream it as opposed to, no, I'm going to help my, my child struggle against this alternative lifestyle, against this kind of demonic influence. They instead are trying to normalize the behavior from their position of influence, which is really disturbing. Your daughter had rapid onset gender dysphoria. You went to counseling. Take us through the process now that she, as well as yourself, have been going through with regard to what has transpired in her life. She was a counselor that happened to be a Christian. So I thought she was, you know, safe territory. And when I get there, my daughter starts to explain, as, as I had heard her say to me in the past, that I... I want to be a boy. And the and the therapist is looking at me saying, what do you think of that? And I said, that's absolutely unacceptable. And she looks at me and she says, what do you mean? And I said, because God didn't make her a boy. 
And I said, and she's going to understand that she's God's daughter and he loves her and she's going to get through this. And so my daughter starts crying and the therapist is looking at me saying, do you see your daughter crying? And I said, yes, I do. And she says, well, you're not going to change your mind. And I said, no. Do you think I was going to change my mind because she started crying? <laughs> and, and, the, and the therapist is looking at me stunned and I'm looking at the therapist stunned. Like, how dare you? Why are you looking at me like I'm like you should be that I should be ashamed? You should be ashamed that you're a professional and you're telling me you've known this girl. She hasn't been saying this for very long. You know what I mean? How could you tell me that the little girl that I raised that I've been with? I'm like, you cannot tell me she knows better than I do what she's made of. I said, not only did God make her, but I've been raising her for 15 years. Um it was crazy. It was, it turned into somewhat of a screaming match and my daughter just kept crying through it. And I just, I tried to calm down and I was just like, this conversation's over. Mm. Um, but it was difficult. So you go back home and what were things yes. like and what did you see God do? Oh God, it's so good. <laughs> it, um, she actually, surprisingly, I thought, it was just going to make the relationship worse, but actually it didn't. We had reached a peaceful detente where mm. my daughter knew she wasn't from that, from that interaction. She knew, I mean, as if she didn't know before, but for, after that, she knew for sure she was not changing my mind. And so I just kept saying to her, I love you. I'm doing this because I love you and God loves you. And it just did every opportunity I got, I said, and I would constantly analogize it to other sins. I said, if you came to me and said, Mom, I, I want to go out with this boy and get pregnant, or I want to go start doing drugs, um, will you let me? I said, I won't let you live that life. If you came to me and asked me to do it, I cannot let you do it, because that's not the life God wants for you. And so I was constantly making these analogies to her, which she didn't fight, which she actually understood. Uh, and then... It's just it, it kind of months passed and months passed. And then um, she started to dress. She started to put makeup back on and we would go shopping. I was like, hey, you need some new tops. And then she started to choose more girlish tops again. And and it was just it's just unbelievably um, beautiful. It's just miraculous to watch this transformation because I believed what God's promises are for her. And I believed that he wanted that goodness for her. And it's something he had told me early on when I came to faith, when she was still a sweet little girl before hormones kicked in, that God told me that mm. um, she had a really bright future. But, and, and he told me this before this, this trauma happened. And so I held on to those promises and I'm just so, so grateful to have seen them come through. Hadia Miramati here on The Intersection. You can find her online at the website christianpost.com. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection Podcast, it's Jay Payleitner. In our recent Meeting House conversation, he offered encouragement on resolving conflict related to his book entitled, Don't Take the Bait to Escalate. Here now from that conversation is Jay Payleitner. The bait is uh, different for every conflict. Sometimes uh, conflicts can get, can get worse if you act too quickly, if you don't think it through. But then sometimes a conflict will get nastier if you, uh, if you let it go for a while. We all have uh, 
we all know people, and maybe even uh, a lot of relationships out there of your listeners, Bob, that um, that they kind of, you know, they turn negative, but you don't apologize, you don't get back on track, and you've gone 20 years without speaking to somebody. So sometimes you want to act quick, sometimes you want to uh, uh, um, slow down. Let's think, you know, uh, we can assume the worst. Sometimes you approach a conflict and assume the worst, when actually, if you kind of go in there with a little optimism and, and hope for the best, um, some people assume they have all the answers when really they should do more listening. So these are all kind of ways to, to escalate. Uh, if you approach a, approach a conflict with anger or fear or obstinance or, or pride. Um, but I stumbled across, as I'm putting this book together, uh, I put together 20-some 20, 20 um, uh, conflict uh, episodes, some uh, some chap some short chapters on twenty different different kinds of conflict, and I realized that all all of them uh there's four factors, and that's the core of the book is the idea that there are four factors that if you do those things one two three four uh you have a really good chance of um of uh de escalating not uh not taking the bait to escalate well let's talk about those four factors take us through those and then we'll discuss maybe some of these scenarios that you bring out in the book uh uh real quick one decide what you what you really want not what you want but decide what you really want um uh for example uh when I was first married, there was this terrible conflict that my wife and I had, Rita. Oh, my God, it was terrible. It was just uh, <laughs> horrendous. Uh, she liked creamy peanut butter, and I liked crunchy peanut butter. Oh, no. It was just so, <laughs> it was so divisive. But you can imagine, if you handled that wrong, um, so decide what you really want. I, you know, I wanted my crunchy peanut butter, but I also wanted you know, to start my marriage well and get some smooches from my new wife. Okay, so... Um, uh, the second one is the second uh, factor is know the risks. If I if I do that peanut butter battle wrong, suddenly uh, we're uh, we're headed down the wrong path. So I needed to uh, uh, approach it the right way. Third is empathize with your adversary. So decide what you really want. Know the risks because every conflict has risks. Then empathize with your adversary, and that was pretty easy. Uh, the idea that uh, I love Rita, and uh, it was pretty reasonable for her to like creamy. She doesn't have to, you know, like my crunchy peanut butter. And then expect the win uh, is the number four factor. Expect the win. A little optimism, and that's really healthy. I think Christians maybe come to that with a little more uh, uh, ability than others because we can see the big picture. We know in the long term God's going to use it all. So those are the four factors, and in the case of the, the peanut butter battle, um, we decided to compromise, and then every other every other jar was crunchy. Then then when that ran out, we'd get creamy, and vice versa. But one day, God uh, God surprised us. We were in the peanut butter aisle, Bob, in a in a grocery store, and um, uh, we had a half a jar of crunchy at home, and so we bought the creamy. And we put it next to each other, and suddenly we had two jars in the cabinet. Son of a gun. That's how you solve that crisis. So sometimes even even uh, the easy answers uh, uh, come out and go, oh, thank you, God, for that great gift. So ever since then, we've always stocked two jars. So sometimes the answer to your conflict is uh, 
is easier, easier than you think. Jay Payleitner here on the intersection. His website address is J J A Y Pay P A Y Leitner L E I T N E R J Payleitner.com. This is the Intersection Podcast, and we are nearing the end of this week's episode of the podcast. You can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center. That's the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection Podcast. There are links to the podcast, to the Faith Radio Media Center, as well as to the Apple Podcast feed. You can also link to video content, including recently added content from the 2022 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And there's The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.